if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. Jessica Donovan here and thrilled to have you uh, listening today for this very special episode with a very inspiring guest. Today, I am joined on the podcast by a fellow naturopath, Carla Wren, who is, um, as I said, an inspiration in the naturopathic world. Um, and we are talking specifically today about long COVID. So let me tell you a little bit more about Carla so you can really gauge the kind of um, level of knowledge that she has in this area and so many more areas when it comes to naturopathic medicine as well. So Carla Wren is an integrative naturopath and nutritionist and she is also a passionate learner. She's completed post-grad studies in integrative oncology autoimmune diseases and functional medicine within Australia and the US. She is the owner of Peninsula Herbal Dispensary and Naturopathic Clinic, where Carla works with 12 naturopaths and a support team on the Mornington Peninsula. And Carla's time is spent consulting in the area of complex and chronic diseases, especially long COVID, and oncology support. 
Carla is a passionate advocate for all we have to offer as naturopathic and complementary medicine practitioners. She values industry collaboration and has spent the last six years training over a thousand practitioners in her course, Vitae Mosaic, naturopathic functional medicine, and more recently in the areas of evidence-based oncology support and long COVID. And Carla has recently launched Long COVID Care in September of 2022, so very recently, which is a virtual clinic offering solutions for sufferers of post-COVID conditions with collaborative, evidence-based, complementary medicine care. And you can find Long COVID at www.longcovidcare.com. Dot co or on Instagram, long.covid.care. Um, and we'll make sure that we pop all of the links into the show notes as well. So as I said, today, Carla and I are chatting about long COVID, what long COVID is, what are some of the most common symptoms, how it is um, presenting in children as well as adults, um, and you know so much more. So I am very excited to introduce you to Carla. Hello, Carla. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you today. So can you start by telling us or explaining to us um, what long COVID is? Sure. So long COVID, it took a little while to get a definition as with anything during the pandemic. I think people were scrambling to get the information and formulate it into a cohesive definition for long COVID. And so really it's one or more symptoms uh, that occur for longer than four weeks. Some definitions say six weeks after the initial confirmed infection. But the reality is people are having many more than one symptom um, and for much, much, much longer. So there's definitely uh, quite a severe trajectory for some people with long COVID away from just being one symptom. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting that that's the definition. I wasn't aware of that. Um, So what are some of the common symptoms of long COVID and does it present the same in adults as it does in children? Oh, great question. So there is a huge around uh, array of symptoms. Originally, they just started with a handful that we would kind of think of as post-viral symptoms. So things like fatigue, um, certainly some um, brain fog, you know, muscular aches and pains, changes in glands or temperature and swelling, um, headaches, migraines, you know, the, the list was kind of pretty typical. But now it's exploded out to being around up to 236 symptoms I've seen mentioned. Um, and they can range from anything from behavioural changes changes even in children through to microbiome and digestive changes, um, even uh, quite progressed psychiatric symptoms, um, inflammation and joint pain, you know, all, all a whole range of things. So pretty much with my patients, I talk about a timeline and trying to figure out if they've ever had this before and if the timeline fits, then we kind of have to put it at the moment down to a long COVID symptom if we can't find any other reason for it to occur. With children, I'd say there's quite a difference. You know, the children seem to present and there's some great Australian research from a children's hospital on children with long COVID um, and they found that about 8% of children would um, suffer from some level of long COVID. Um, The numbers for adults are more like 40%, although it varies greatly in the stats that are collected. Now, that 8% really dropped very quickly to 2% um, once the respiratory symptoms were resolved. So sometimes we see them take a little bit longer, the cough, 
shortness of breath, um, particularly when kids are playing sport. I think you can see some of those shortness of breath symptoms occurring for a bit longer. But once they resolve, which tends to be quite quickly um, uh, after the initial infection, then it drops down to around 2% experiencing long COVID. And I would see that as a very typical post-viral exhaustion, getting sick all the time, really run down. Uh, issue right through to some of the more progressed behavioural changes, but they would be very, very infrequent compared to the fatigue symptoms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And is there anything else we should know about specifically about children and long COVID? Yeah, I think it's really, really important to be sure that particularly in the early stages of the infection, um, patients are being or children are being checked um, if there's anything else that's more progressed going on. There are some particular syndromes that can happen in children with long COVID that really do need medical attention. Uh, and also that we don't put our long COVID blinkers on. And this equates to adults as well. You know, the timeline might fit and you might feel like that you haven't been well since long COVID, but there are lots of things that happen in, um, to our children and to adults um, that could also mimic this. So we don't want to put the blinkers on and just assume that. Um, so checking out and getting some confirmation that nothing else is going on. And that's really the thing with long COVID. When all else is excluded, it's long COVID. And so checking those things with children would be wise as well, just to be sure that nothing is being missed that might be more problematic or need different treatment. Yes, that's such a good point. We don't just want to be assuming it's long COVID. Um, yeah, thank you for that. And then so this winter, particularly like here at Natural Super Kids, we have just seen just a brutal winter for families with like more frequent infections in their kids, longer lasting symptoms, you know, longer recovery kind of times. What do you think about this? Do you think this has got this is this has got a link with COVID um, and, you know, this increased frequency and duration of illnesses in kids that we're seeing this year? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's for a whole lot of reason. And I saw it really personally myself. I have two children, uh, the oldest being 14, and she's never really ever had any issues uh, with cold or infections. Neither of mine have. And this year they had um, COVID, RSV and influenza A. Now these are naturopathic children that take all their supplements and um, eat pretty well. And they're still getting all of the things. Um, they're also a little bit older, so they're not getting all those uh, infections that I think we have to be mindful that our little people get every year. Um, but I agree with you. I think that they're getting them in greater numbers and they're generally much sicker than they normally are. I would put that down to a number of different factors. You know, obviously they've been away from people and maybe returning to the same level of care. Lots of infections around. We kind of did a tally here at the clinic and we were like, well, I'm in Melbourne. So given the number of years that um, children missed with care and the type of infections they missed, more is is normal, but I do think there's a big connection to children who, even those that weren't unwell when they got COVID, just not being as robust immune-wise. And we're also seeing in our clinic a spike in children having glandular fever, perhaps even younger than they would normally. So picking up viral infections that they maybe not normally get or be more resilient to because of the fact that there's this bit of a piggyback effect that can happen, particularly with COVID and Epstein-Barr virus, the most common virus for glandular fever. Mm. So tell us a bit more about that link. Yeah, I think if people, there's definitely an established link if people have had Epstein-Barr virus before, it's more likely to reactivate when they have glandular fever, when they have um, uh, long COVID or COVID. Uh, and so that causes all of those viral symptoms to perhaps be more drawn out. Uh, but certainly when the immune system has been challenged by something like quite a persistent virus, as we see with COVID, it can be challenged by other viruses and just not have 
the resilience or the ability to respond. And this viral reactivation thing that we're learning about is when, you know, the system is feeling good and we've started to recover and we've created antibodies to an infection and another one will come along and past ones are able to uh, rise up again. And the most common way people might experience this in the past is with cold sores. You know, it's common knowledge that if you carry the cold sore virus and you get run down, you might get cold sores again. But what we see is things like uh, glandular fever and shingles also have that pattern as do some other viruses and kids I think are just really getting a brunt of it because of you know hygiene and missing infections and um, perhaps also the challenges of COVID and the vaccinations that they had um, it's certainly not an anti-vax statement but children have had a lot to have happen to their immune system in the last two years and that's all just challenged them perhaps in ways we haven't experienced before. Yeah, such a good point. And I had the same experience. I've got a 12 and a 14-year-old. I'm like, what's happening? We're, we're doing all the right things. And they're, yeah, getting sick more more often. And, yeah, long those longer-lasting kind of symptoms. So I'm glad I'm not the only naturopath that's had sick kids this winter. No, I know. I was <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we also saw um, this trend towards these kind of like um, post-viral coughs through the winter as well. Do you think that was somehow related, probably similar to what you were just saying then? Yeah, I think things like, well, certainly the heart and lungs take a big hit from uh, COVID because of the um, effect on ACE2 enzyme. And so I think our resilience in those areas is perhaps just not as great. Uh, and yeah, certainly with kids, that persistent cough um, and, and uh, infections that are hitting that lower respiratory area were more common here as well. And I think uh, severity increases in asthma and some of the other typical childhood illnesses, uh, we perhaps saw more of too. Mm, yeah. Okay. Thank you. So what about the microbiome? That's one of our favorite topics here at Natural Super Kids. I'm always talking about the microbiome. So it's good to have someone to, to help Nerd me. Out yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's the link between long COVID and the microbiome? Yeah, I think this is such an interesting topic and it always blows my mind just how much research there is into this space. And so certainly we can see viral persistence occurring with COVID in some people's um, uh, uh, lower digestive area. Um, scans of some um, different skin biopsies and stuff have showed persistence of COVID for much longer in some people's digestive systems. And so therefore we see changes in the microbiome due to that viral persistence that can in some cases last for 90 days. Um, but I really think in reality we see it for much longer than that because that big microbiome shift happens and I guess that comes back to another reason why this has happened um, with these persistent infections is people's microbiomes have perhaps changed for not the first time ever but the most significant time ever especially in our young children and that change doesn't easily create um, like rectify itself or return to normal and so certainly um, the research is suggesting that uh, lots of fibre and fresh whole foods um, is beneficial and it's great to see research papers actually showing that that if people have um, a phytonutrient rich diet they're more likely to recover from long COVID and some of those research papers are also starting to look at pretty basic um, introductions of probiotics. I think we're seeing more research coming out about more specific species but just general probiotic use has also been seen to be one of the things to help to recover from long COVID. Yeah great okay and 
Do you have any other practical tips for our listeners that might feel like, you know, that they've got some long-lasting symptoms from COVID? Like what what are some of the tips to help them recover from this? Yeah, firstly, before I think we talk about recovery, I think reminding people, especially like I did it myself with my children, get some bloods done. If people aren't well, just get the bloods done and probably what you're looking for is just to see that they're normal. And if you're seeing normal bloods, then we know that it's not likely to be something else that we need to be mindful of um you know the way as naturopaths we might support someone with glandular fever might be slightly different to how we might support someone with long covid so getting some ideas about if anything else is going on checking for nutrient deficiencies things like iron and vitamin d would be worthwhile to do to do first uh then from from there i really do some um, more immune support and i know your audience has probably spent years doing immune support um but we really focus on all the things we can do for the immune system i really love herbs like the medicinal mushrooms and uh typical things like zinc and vitamin c vitamin a cod liver oil probiotics for kids um but i also think we can really move into the space of understanding and going back to some of the things that we forget as busy families is that the sleep is so important for children making sure even if they don't love their fruit and vegetables that we can try and get as much diversity whether it be in the colors of the fruit and vegetables that we give them um or the way that we introduce those foods in a hidden way to their foods i'm sure that you talk a lot about this um and certainly um rest and uh not overdoing it i see uh in my age group of children that there are a lot of children that have pretty heavy uh commitments sporting wise or or um, other activities um extracurricular activities and why i'm very passionate about this especially given what they might have missed out on over the last couple of years, I think it can really lead to them being very fatigued when their body really needs to rest and do some work around convalescence. So early nights and lots of resting is also very important to recover, I think. Yeah, such great tips. And I love that you that you mentioned those, you know, those basic foundational things that we do often forget about, you know, the rest, the good diet, the sleep. Um, and I so agree that, that our kids have got these two busy schedules. And sometimes we do need to pull back um, on commitments when it comes to our kids and ourselves. And your advice was very much in line what we talk about all the time here. Like the medicinal mushrooms are some of my favorites. Um, so I'm so happy that you mentioned those and yeah, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin A, probiotics. So really it's just about continuing. I think some people that, you know, had COVID and were doing all of that stuff while they had the infection, but then maybe stopped too soon, like keep supporting that immune system. Totally. And I think the the communication about seven days, you know, seven days was how long we need to stay at home to not spread the infection. It's certainly not when you're going to be better. And from a naturopathic perspective, I think we would be more talking more about 14 or more days for recovery of a significant infection. In the past, when patients have glandular fever, um, you know, six weeks off intense activity is probably something that we might consider but that communication hasn't happened the same way with this virus and so being mindful of it's going to take some time to recover and barring you know some of the more progressed symptoms that we see in adults um, I think generally doing all of those things that we recommend for children makes a huge difference um, and and then if they're still not feeling well get some good advice um, I'm sure you have a network that you can refer to um, there is just so much great research about the kind of things we can do for some of those more progressed symptoms. Yes, thank you so much. So lastly, can you tell people where they can find out more about you and how you might be able to help? Yeah, so I'm just on Instagram at 
um, Carla Wren with two N's. Uh, I also now have, um, excitingly, a Long COVID Care uh, virtual clinic. So uh, you can check out Long COVID Care on Instagram or longcovidcare.co, which is our special clinic we've just launched to help people with Long COVID. And then I'm also at Peninsula Herbal Dispensary and you can find them all easily. Um, Yeah, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and we'll make sure we link all of those places that we can find Carla in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining me, Carla. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.